as a whole, my husband sometimes will be like, you're just not happy. Like, you're not, you know, I want you to be like you used to be. And I, the only thing I can say is like, that's never going to be me again. What you're about to hear are two unscripted sessions with a grief therapist and a psychic medium. Neither Claire nor Fleur had any contact with the participants before their sessions. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of a psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session. This is Moving Beyond the Podcast. My name is Fleur. I've been working as a psychic medium for over 10 years. I have sat in front of 15,000 people to give them readings. I connect people here in the physical world to something they can't see, to their loved ones on the other side. And that, to some people, is a really spooky, crazy experience, but to me it's my everyday life. And I find that many people come to see me for a variety of reasons, either curiosity, wanting to see if it's real, or the deeper layers of grief, closure, healing, a way forward. A question that plagues people over and over again after a loss is, is my loved one really gone? I think mediumship can be an incredibly powerful tool towards healing, but it certainly is not the only one. I often send my clients to grief therapists afterwards, but I was thrilled a few years ago when I started hearing from my clients that doctors and psychiatrists and therapists were referring me. That was crazy to me. I always thought psychic mediumship was super taboo and super weird, and how could a doctor possibly recommend something so out there? But I was thrilled that people started to see that it's a real healing modality. One of these people was Claire Bidwell-Smith, a grief therapist, and she is also the author of three books on grief. I lost both of my parents by the time I was 25 years old, and it was a really deep and humbling experience, and it's what propelled me into this field. Whenever I tell people what I do, they usually take a step back and shake their heads. I think they imagine that it's really depressing and heavy, but it's not like that at all. Yes, it can be sad, it really can, but mostly it's beautiful and uplifting and I find myself reminded every day about what makes humanity so special. We work in very different ways. She is a grief therapist, I'm a medium, but we see people at the same point of life. We find them in moments where they are at deep loss, grieving, not able to move forward, have questions that they can't seem to move past. Where are they now? Can they see us? Can we still communicate with them? The first time a client told me that they'd been to see a psychic medium, I was a little baffled about how to respond. 
I'd never seen one myself, and I felt really skeptical about the idea. I saw over a dozen psychic mediums in that time period, and no matter how good the medium was, I still found myself wondering if it was real. After a while, though, I stopped caring if it was real, and I finally decided that what was more important was how it made people feel. A good session with a psychic medium can turn things around for someone who is lost in their grief. I've seen it time and time again. I could have a client who was completely stuck, like doing all the right things, allowing themselves to grieve, working through their emotions, reviewing their relationship with the person they lost, going to grief groups, making amends, you name it. But still, they'd be stuck about something that happened with the death or some unresolved aspect of their relationship. And after a good mediumship reading, they would come away with a completely new understanding. They'd come away with a feeling of connection to their loved one and often a bit of closure. We wanted to share that experience with you, give you the opportunity to be a fly on the wall in a grief therapy session where someone is able to express and explore how their grief has shaped their current life. And then we transport you to a mediumship reading, a moment where you get to listen in on what a reading is and does, and some of the answers that people can receive and do receive. We hope that some of the information that arises can help you too. No matter where you are in your stage of grief or loss or curiosity about the things we can't always see. My name is Shannon, and I live in Corona, California, and have suffered a lot of loss in the last couple years in my immediate family, and I'm really hoping to get some help through mediumship and grief counseling to move forward in my life and take control of the here and now. Hi, Shannon. I'm Claire Bidwell-Smith. It's really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here with us today. So I'd love for you to start by just telling me about yourself and your losses and what brings you to this. Absolutely. Um, So I am, I guess I don't know if I should tell you my age. (laughs) I'm 39 years old. And, you know, the last, um, I work in the veterinary industry and have a great husband. All that is good. Um, In the last five years, it's been a little rough. About five years ago, I lost my dad um, pretty unexpectedly. He was probably my best friend. We were really, really close, Mm. you know, kind of texted and called, talked to each other every day. Um, And then about a year and a half ago, I, my younger brother, who was 33 years old, um, I lost him very unexpectedly, Mm. which was just uh, something that was, I, didn't even know how to deal with it, to be yeah. quite honest. I thought nothing could be worse than losing my dad. And I was just in complete disbelief. Uh, it was really kind of the hardest day of my life. And then, you know, things just kept going down from there. About a month after that, I lost my mom. My mom passed away. Wow, Shannon, um, that's a lot of loss. All yeah, once. it was terrible. And all while this is all going on, my husband and I were... Um, you know, had been told that we needed to do IVF in order to have a baby. And we were just getting ready to start it when my brother died and Mm. we put it off. And 
now throughout all the grief I've been we've done four rounds of IVF and um wow it's yeah there's a lot of hormones that go with that right we just did a transfer and it didn't work it's just been really really difficult wow that's a lot in a very short period of time so um it's hard to figure out where to start which is I'm sure what you're also going through um it's kind 100%. of yeah. Um, I, I've I've talked with a lot of people who've gone through multiple losses, and it's it's hard to kind of sort through them and separate them and figure out who you're grieving, how you're grieving, where you're feeling sad, what you know, who it's about. What's your day to day grief like right now? Can you describe it for me? I guess the day to day, the most common thing is I pull myself together when I'm at work and in front of everybody else. Um, you know, but put me in the car driving to work or put me in the car on the way home from work and I'll just randomly just cry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm just sad. Still in kind of like disbelief, like how does this happen? Yeah. Let's go back a little bit. Tell me, let's start with your dad. Tell me about him and your relationship with him and about his death. Um, probably just hard. Take your time. My dad raised us all and we, he was just, he was amazing. He was the most amazing person. And, you know, obviously with him being the one who raised us, and I was the only girl, so we were obviously really, really close. Um, it just, we had the best relationship. He was always there for me. He was, you know, my support. So it's, I mean, like, when I say unexpected, like, I guess maybe we should have, he was a little bit overweight and was struggling with some health things, but nothing that we thought was going to take him away from us. My older brother went over to the house and, and found him um, passed away. I'm so sorry, Shannon. That's a, that's a really, that's a really hard one. So how have you, let's just piece out your dad here. Um, cause I know that there's been a kind of collision of other losses, but let's just stay with your dad for a minute. How have you been able yeah. to, how have you been able um, to kind of understand it and reconcile it? And uh, I don't, I don't even know that I have. I, I, Immediately, it's like, okay, that happens. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, my dad had left me in charge of like, you know, he had a trust and he owned a business and he owned a home. And so it was like, immediately, I had to just start like doing all that stuff. You must miss him so much. Yeah, really, really difficult. So how long after he died, did your brother die? Um... I would say about three years. Okay. So tell me about that death. Oh, that was... So um, my little brother had a really difficult time after my dad passed. For the next couple of years, he you know, was, was battling, dealing with that, and finally kind of came to a resolution and was like, I'm going to handle my business and, you know, kind of was growing from the situation. So he had left and he had been gone about a year and, you know, we would call, talk on the phone and write letters and things. And um, he called me one night and thank God I answered. So we talked for like a half an hour. And then the next day, my, my husband and I were getting ready to go somewhere and his son's mom called me and I answered and she was just hysterical and she just said she had told dead and I was like what are you talking about and she's like he's dead and I was like what I don't even understand what's happening right now and she's like they called me 
he, he collapsed on the hill. He's dead. He's gone. And I just remember, like, it was, like, the realest disbelief I've ever experienced. I was like, no. Like, mm-hmm. even for the next day and a half, I'm, I kept telling my husband, I'm like, does they have the wrong person? Like, I haven't seen him yet. It's not true. My brother was 33. Like, he didn't, he was in perfect health. He didn't collapse on a hill. And Where are you now um, with it? How has it changed for you? I don't think it has. I just, I feel like sometimes I just try and push it down mm-hmm. so that because there was so much else that I needed, you know, right before he passed, we were getting ready to start our, our IVF. And then obviously it happened and I needed some time. But at the same, so it's like at the same time, I didn't have a lot of time. So I just kind of was like, okay, a couple months. And then I'm like, I have to. I guess I feel like I honestly needed to pretend like I was kind of dealing with it better than I was and am. Mm-hmm. And so then walk me through your mom briefly, like how, how did, when did that one happen and, and how does that fit into the other two? Um, sure. Um, that happened about a month, maybe, maybe, maybe five weeks, maybe six weeks after my younger brother. Oh, wow. So um, soon. Yeah. My mom was struggling with it, obviously, a lot. And um, my mom also had a drinking problem, like, our whole lives kind of growing up. And and when Mm -hmm. that happened, she kind of went down that path again. So there was a lot of... We had a few fights in between before she passed. And then one of the last phone calls I had with her was not a great phone call. I was mad. I was like, seriously, like I'm grieving my little brother. I was, and then I was like mad at her. I'm like, how could she do this? Like now, like now I have to deal with this. Yeah. And then I was mad. So I was mad at her. I was sad. And then I'm mad at myself because I feel like I'm being a terrible person, but I'm mad at someone who just passed away. And then I was like mad at myself because I'm like, dude, that's your mom. How are you not more sad? But all I could think about was my little brother. I think for you, there would probably be some like energy that would free up and, and just kind of a feeling of relief and release if you could find some times and places to really grieve. Um, It's so easy for us to get caught up in like all the legalities and logistics that we have to take care of. And sometimes we can displace our grief doing those things. Um, We can like feel like we're grieving or feel like we're doing the right things when we're taking care of all the paperwork and the, you know, lawyers and estates and people's children. Um, And really we're still kind of ignoring our, our pure raw grief on one level. Um, and so I think for you finding some places where you can just let that out, you know, whether you once a week draw a hot bath and just sit there and let yourself cry or whether you write some letters to your dad and your brother, or whether you, you know, have a park bench dedicated to your dad or, you know, just all these different ways we can kind of really feel our grief and honor it is really important. Um, while continuing to still be the one who holds things together and takes care of things, um, but not letting that be the sole way that you allow yourself to recognize your grief. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because that makes sense. What do you think, what are you, what yeah. are you hoping for with your session with Fleur? Um, I guess just to know, you know, I don't know, just hear that it's, like, gonna be okay, I guess, that they're together, that 
you know, I mean, I know that they're there. I know that they must be watching and seeing, but I guess just, I would just love to, you know, hear that. Like, yeah, everything you're going through is going to be okay. Like, that I'm doing the right things, that I'm taking the right steps. And, you know, I guess just be here from them again. Yeah. What do you wish you could say to them? If you could have a conversation with your dad right now, what would you want to say to him? I guess I would just, I'm, I would really want to just be like, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that he didn't choose to leave, but like, how much I wish he was still here. Mm-hmm. That he could be, um, you know, like, I don't know, just, I guess none of this happened, but I don't know how much we just missed him. And, and then what about your mom? If you were able to have a conversation with your mom, is there anything you'd want to say? There may be some anger to express or questions or... Yeah, I feel like for sure with my mom, like, I think that I would I would want her to know that I'm, you know, I feel like I could have been more compassionate in those couple weeks and, mm. you know, maybe a little more understanding of what she was going through and that obviously that I do love her very much. And then how, how has it been for you to reconcile these sudden deaths? Like all three of them were pretty sudden and unexpected. How have you been able to hold that? It's been really hard. I, I think for my, in this five years, like have kind of let myself go a little bit. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what I enjoy anymore. I, I've kind of gained a little bit of weight. Not bad, but, uh, you know, I'm just... Mm-hmm. I don't even know that I'm, like, reconciling with it. It's the suddenness of it. Like, I'm just in survival mode. I just am like, okay, I just got to keep working because, like, I have to keep living life. And yeah. I feel like I just need to... Sometimes I'm, like, I'm not unhappy. I love my life. I love my husband. I have, you know, good people in my life. I... I do have moments that I enjoy a lot, but like as a whole, my husband sometimes will be like, you're just not happy. Like you're not, you know, I want you to be like you used to be. And I, the only thing I can say is like, that's never going to be me again. Right. You will never be the same person that you were before these deaths. But I think, you know, your work going forward is to learn how to just kind of lean into them and let them be part of your life. Let them teach you things, let them remind you how to breathe and just be present in a moment. Um, Take time for yourself now. You've kind of come through these things now. You've been the one to step up and take care of everything. And now you get to take care of yourself. Um, Yeah. Well, I hope your session with Flora goes well and that you get some closure with things. But even beyond that, you know, just continuing to separate out your grief, find times to honor all of them individually and grieve them, which, however that looks, but then also having a lot of compassion for yourself for going through it as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to try and implement that. Okay. And like you said, allow the, the time to myself to just... If I want to cry, cry. If I want to laugh, laugh. Definitely. Whatever it is. So I finished my session with Shannon and it was really obvious to me that she was just still in a state of shock almost. I think when you go through that much loss all at once, it's so hard to unravel it and really start to let yourself feel it. 
I won't tell Fleur any details, so I'm also really curious how their session goes. I'm really hoping that Shannon is able to gain some closure. Shannon has prepared for her session, and I have to prepare for mine. A session doesn't just happen for me. I have to meditate and clear my mind. This is easier when I know absolutely nothing about the person I'm about to read for. And for that reason, I don't know anything about Shannon either, just like I prefer. Since Shannon and I are both local to Los Angeles, we were able to meet up at a recording studio to do our reading. Thanks so much for being here, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me. So you'll hear me say, I'm seeing this right now. I feel this. I hear this. I know this. All I need from you at the time is just yes or no. Okay. That's it. Just okay. a yes or a no. And you know what? I'm actually going to settle your own energy a little bit if that's okay. okay. Yeah. You like a little jittery? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm just like, I'm like, ah, I just want to pull you down a <laughs> yeah. little bit. So yeah. um, just close your eyes for me okay. for just a moment. And I'm going to have you just kind of take a breath, breathe in, breathe out, settle yourself. Feel the body, feel your feet. The next thing on the next breath in, I want you to call yourself home so that your spirit, your soul, your consciousness just comes back to the body, back into the space, letting go of everything else, just releasing it, coming back into you. And continue doing that for a little bit of time, just pulling yourself back home. Um, <clears throat> as you do that, I'm just going to start looking around the room and seeing who we've got who wants to be here okay i've got a few people all right so um you can open up your eyes okay. before i get started here uh i first want to start with the man on my left hand side now this feels like father to you so i would say fathers in spirit do you see that yeah there is the recognition that this is not the most recent passing within the family there's the feeling of he has seen other people pass within the family after his passing. Yes, absolutely. And he's also showing me in that regard the feeling of having been passed for some time now. There's yeah. also very much the feeling of kids coming into the world after he is already passed. You yes. see that? The feeling of seeing kids that he didn't get to meet in the physical world. Yeah. Of, of utmost importance to recognize that first and foremost. I want to acknowledge with him at the time of his passing, I don't feel you to be a child yourself. I don't see that. No. I think you're an adult already. He gets to yes. see you grown and happy. I'm very aware of a booming voice. I feel like I've got this big jovial personality. There's a, there's a bigness to him. Yeah. Do you see that? I'm yeah. big. And I feel that way, not just in personality, but my, as I shift into his presence, like there's a feeling of my body gets a little um, more robust and yes. I'm like a big man. Yes. Do you see that? I'm a mm -hmm. big man. The overwhelming feeling that your relationship with him is a really nice one. It just feels like a really well-connected relationship between daughter and father. But I know that the ex the, the experience of him being your dad is a really good one. Like Absolutely. this is a good dad the do you best. know the and best. your father uh, speaks of multiple sons to him do you see this yes you see your parents have four kids yes yes four children yes i know that his connection to the sons is great as well but you are very much what feels like the um 
it's a separate relationship. Yeah, you and very different. Dad yeah. have. Do mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. Um, there's a sense of being the only girl or like the only, yeah, the only girl. Yeah. Do you see? I'm, yeah, yeah, exactly. And where's the name Michael coming in? Well, that's my brother and my husband. Okay. But Michael in the world. Yes. Okay. Uh, Do you see that you yourself are trying to have a baby at the moment? Yeah. Okay, because he talks about you trying to have a baby. Yeah. And he makes me feel like that's been a really hard journey for you or it's just not kind of as fast as you'd like it to. Yeah. Do you see? And I know that he's showing me what looks like IVF. Yeah. Or trying outside of just the biological uh, way. And he just wants to give you strength. Okay. Um, Do you see this is the second time or the second wave of IVF? We're, yeah, we're trying to start the second. And he wants to let you know that they're working on it on the other side, too. Okay. There is absolute hope he wants to give you. Okay. The feeling of kids needing to come into your world and knowing that you've wanted to be a mom your entire life. Yeah. You see? And... There's such need to let you know that in some way you will absolutely be a mom. Okay. It's, it, 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 there will be a way that a child makes their way in. Okay. Uh, he also recognizes, your father recognizes, his name to be passed down. Okay. Like a senior, junior. Okay. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. The repetition of mm-hmm. the name. Yeah. And... I think this name actually also derives from a generation above him. Okay. And that he carries it over as well. Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. And is proud of that too. Mm -hmm. I know that there isn't a grandchild yet who's, who's got the name. Do you see this? Not his first name. Yeah. And it feels like it's on your list. Yeah, it is. Or it would be one that you're considering. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. He wants you to know that he knows that you've got a list <laughs> and that it's on there. Yeah. Right. Is that like a William? Yes. That's exactly yeah. his name, his first name. Yeah, yeah. I do think he'll shorten it in some way. Yeah. I don't want to use like I'll name the full name, but right. I want to yes. do a Nick like shorten it the first. Yes. That's what he should. That's funny. He's like, you're going to change it up. Yeah. But he loves that it's made it to the list. Yeah. And it's right at the top of it. Yeah. I would say. He, he does get to be a grandfather in his lifetime. So yes. he sees grandkids come to the yes. world. And then he sees the ones that follow 100%. Are there five new grandkids? Uh, five total. Five total. Mm-hmm. Okay. Talks about five grandkids. Yes. He's showing me that his passing uh, comes on all of a sudden. This is not a long illness. It doesn't feel like it's long yeah. or, or something that we would have anticipated in yeah. any regard. He's also bringing me to a lot of heart uh, energy. So okay. the sense of like heart issues, heart condition. Do mm-hmm. you see this? Yes. And then there's a feeling of a son with me or a son past. But yes. It's just the feeling of uh, a son not in the world. Yes. I want to say that as your brother passes, he's young in that I'm a full grown adult, but I'm not yet in my forties or fifties. Yes. But I'm I'm an adult. Yes. You know? Yes. And I would place him maybe in his mid thirties or kind of just right in that beginning thirties yep. yes. stage. Mm-hmm. He shows me similar issues around the heart yeah. as yes. your dad. Yes. Do you see? But not ones that we would have known. Absolutely at this time. not. 
And your brother's not overweight in no. the way that your father was. No. And so there's really no indication, I would say, that they would have known this at no. the time. Yeah. Do you see? But yes. they're very similar issues. That's and it what feels, I thought. It feels very genetic. Yeah. Do you understand okay. that? Very yeah. genetic. Yeah. Because it feels like your brother has a moment where he gets very short of breath and feels very faint. And I feel this sense of collapsing or falling yeah. or just out of the blue. Do you see? And he's acknowledging at the time that it wouldn't have made sense as to why or or how yeah definitely and the not initial thought is maybe dehydration but that yeah. doesn't really make any sense yeah do you yes see? yeah but i don't feel that there was a clear answer even after his passing and no there wasn't i and i want to say they looked at his body yeah they did they an did. autopsy uh -huh. but they couldn't find an answer no do you see yeah it wasn't dehydration. No. And there wasn't anything that showed up as like, this is the reason. Yeah. See. Uh, but the feeling I get of the sense of maybe closure he wants to give you is that he points to his heart. Okay. There's an instant reunion between him and your dad. I know that your dad's on the other side to greet him. Okay. With your brother, you see that he left his son when his son was about four. Yeah. You see exactly. four years old. Mm -hmm. He's very much around him. He's seen him grow. He's a little older now, coming into himself. <laughs> totally. Growth spurt. Yeah, he, he checks in on his son. Your brother checks in on his son all the time. Yeah. And I think you're very close to this boy as well. Very, very. And wants to thank you for that involvement, for that connection. Yeah. I think his wife... The mother of this boy is amazing. Yeah, she's been – she really has been. He can't say enough good things about her. And good. <laughs> about how much of a wonderful mother she is. Yeah. Uh, do you see that uh, his son's hair is a bit unruly? His hair? Yeah. Oh, my God, like yes. It's just like can't <laughs> yes. figure out how to get it. Yeah, we call it Dennis the Menace hair, and that's what we used to say about Tony when he was a kid. Funny. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like his hair is unruly. It is just, yeah. And he likes that. Yeah, he likes they that. both he's, love it. He's got the unruly hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool. Okay. He talks about before his passing or return to family, almost as if he had been living somewhere else and moves closer back home. Do you see this? There's a sense of having moved farther away or being at a distance. He was away. Yeah, he keeps talking about a return to family, almost like there's plans to move back home. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of nature where he's at? Yeah. Like I can go walk outside a lot. I can be outside a lot. Do you see? And yeah. I keep seeing like mountains around him in the sense of, I wouldn't necessarily call it trekking, but the sense of like there's a lot of places I can go and walk around mountainous. Regions. Yes. Do you see? Yes. It was really beautiful. I think he's quite happy to be there. But he also always knew that he wasn't going to be out there for very long. He's showing me a relationship between the two of you that stays in contact really well. So it's the sense of like we talk yeah. all the time. We text all the time. We're in very regular communication. Yeah. You know, as brother, sister, it feels like a really nice bond. Yes. And it feels to me that you had spoken to each other not long before he passes. It doesn't feel like it's been very long. No, Do you see that? Yes. It's like we just talked. He sounds great. He sounds totally healthy. He sounds totally fine. He knows that. Yeah. And I 
feel like he shows no signs of having been in any kind of state of distress, nothing like that. Yeah. And so there's this also deep need to acknowledge for you that you couldn't have known in any way. That's the feeling. Because they're around family. I feel that you are the last one to connect with him yeah. or to speak with him. You're the yeah. last one. Yeah. And you need to know under no circumstances could you have been able to tell because he sounds healthy and well because yeah. at the time he feels healthy and well. Yeah. And he really needs you to know that. Okay. Um, your mother joins me now. Okay. The relationship with your mom just does not feel as easy as with your dad. Absolutely not. Any yeah. means. Absolutely. Know? 100%. And is not made easier at a time where she's not well. Like it, it's yes. just made worse. Yes. Kind of blown out of proportion. Yes. Now what's interesting about the dynamic here is she actually shows me she kind of pushes people away yeah. around this time. Yeah. So yes. there isn't the feeling of really getting to be super close with her yeah. or getting to ride this out with her. Absolutely. It's like I push people away yeah like i don't want them involved and i get pretty angry and bitter about it yeah from her perspective yeah that she wants to acknowledge and wants to apologize for okay because it does feel like Good. you try to be there yeah but are very consistently i think cast to the side yeah or not really getting to be as involved as you'd like to be yeah definitely needs to acknowledge that she's sorry for that i do see a change in how she perceives her behavior in a way okay. that was not resolved before she passes. That's good. So the very recognition of knowing that she wasn't very good at saying she loves you, wasn't very good at acknowledging that emotional connection in the world. Yeah. I think your your father is definitely the emotional, intelligent one yes. of the two. Yes. Yeah. And I know that she holds a lot of just anger as a person in her life yeah. that she has now let go of. Good. Your mom, I think even before your father's passing, has a lot of anger towards him yeah. and a lot of resentment towards yeah. him. Almost this feeling of he left me or I think she actually leaves him. Do you see yeah. this? Yeah. She's the one who leaves. Yeah. But she feels left. Yeah. Because she leaves, but she holds an incredible amount of anger about it. Yeah. Almost like resentful of the fact that he let her leave. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So she sees... The backwardsness of that now, yeah, I would say, and they do come in somewhat together on the other side, but and and have definitely kind of buried the hatchet, so yeah. to speak. But I would say your mom doesn't have many good things to say about your dad in life. Yeah, do yeah, you see? yeah. It was an issue. <laughs> um, yeah, which she's just wanting to say she's let that go. Good. Your, your mom um, only really gets along really well, I think, with one of your brothers. There's just the feeling of like yeah. one brother. Yeah, that's 100% true. And everyone else, she just really doesn't, she yeah. can't figure it out. Yeah. Your mom's also acknowledging here very, what looks like very ornate uh, china and very ornate cups and plates yeah. and very ornate. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. Where I want to paint them with a golden edge okay. around them yeah. and she hands them to you. Yeah. The feeling of you've got them. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I also feel that part of that has a very fancy salt and pepper shaker. Do you see this? <laughs> she had a lot, yeah. It's a feeling of I love my little kitchen knickknacks. Yeah, totally. Love there was them. a lot. And I feel that you have the vast majority of it because no one else really wants it. Yeah. Do you know? Yep. And I don't feel like you use it much. So no. She's wanting to give you maybe permission to use it <laughs> okay if you'd like okay 
And I feel like she's also a big fan of what looks like those little spoons mm-hmm. with the yes. little things at the end. Wow. You know, like, yeah. Like spoons that are collectibles. That is crazy. Yes. There's oh. like a bag of them. I love my collectible spoons. <laughs> and That's funny. I know what it sounds really silly, but she sends you these spoons as signs and as symbols. Okay. So randomly, I think you'll come across yeah. little spoons yeah. and little knickknacks like that. And I know that it's her way of also saying hello. Okay. Do you have any questions for her? And then we'll move back to your dad. Um, my goodness. Um, I don't I don't know. I I just I don't know if it's a question, it's more just like I just don't understand why she didn't like fight to stay for those of us that were left. Yeah. It felt like she was just okay giving up. And I don't understand that. She brings it back to her own emotional bond within herself and the feeling of having a hard time not truly just being happy. Yeah. There's the sense of throughout her entire life, I see a sense of not being happy. Yeah. And if I'm the slightest bit happy, I feel something's wrong and I revert back to being unhappy. Okay. Do you see? Yeah. And there's this self-criticism within that and an external criticism. Yeah. And it feels like when a few hard things hit her, uh, there's almost the inability to find joy even yeah. though it's very much around her yeah because i would say she has grandkids at the time too yeah who she doesn't see very often or doesn't really engage with that much yeah do you see yeah and there's a lot she now sees there's a lot of things around her that were able to give joy i just don't see that she sees it at yeah. that time like she's clouded within her own yeah sadness yeah any other questions for her no Okay, your dad steps back in here on my okay. left. Questions for him? Uh, you know, um, I don't even know where to begin. I guess just like is he, you know, is, does he still feel like, you know, that we're doing the right thing with his business? And That business has been around for decades. Yeah. And it looks like it's become a family affair. Yeah. So I yeah. don't feel only one person is running it. It's a number of people. Mm-hmm. Your husband looks involved too. Minimally, but yeah. There's the acknowledgement of him just wanting to say it, it is running. Mm-hmm. It is moving forward. Yeah. It looks like it's actually grown since his passing. Yeah. So yeah. it's doing well. Yeah, it is. It's it's doing far better than he had it <laughs> running. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. So he's, he's happy for that. Okay, He's good. almost... Surprise. Okay. That doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> because I think at the time that he was passing, he shows me the business wasn't doing very well. No. Uh, it was it was almost going yeah. bankrupt or yeah. just, it was it was yeah. failing. Yeah. And he makes me feel like his kids turned it around. Yeah. Uh in in an, I think in a way when he was living, he just he gives me the sense of didn't really want to take advice. Didn't really want anyone else to be too involved with the business. Yes, kept everything private and, and so secret. Wasn't getting the help that I think the business required. Yeah. And when it was kind of granted to the kids, you guys did a phenomenal job. Yeah. And it was a big lesson for him. Okay, cool. He's also showing me a shift in the logo. Yes. Like oh my gosh. Has been changed. We did. We, we yeah. And colorized. Yeah. 
You see, it was either black and white or yeah. really simple. Yeah. And I know the logo has changed and it's now in color. Uh-huh. And he likes it. Okay, cool. Okay. Any last questions for him? Um, I guess this would be for any of them. I'm just, um, you know, like, obviously I'm struggling and I, like, can't – I feel like I just can't get my life together and, like, move forward even though I'm doing all the motions. And, you know, it's, like, it's affecting, obviously, like, my struggles with, like, weight gain and just, like, I keep getting told, like, I need to, like, release – like some past life and like just energies in order to allow this like new good things to happen and I just don't know how to do that I I don't know how to like get past this grieving point you know well they're making me feel like you're actually doing a great job okay good looks like you're you're very actively engaged with them on a day-to-day basis talking to them connecting with them I think you're doing a great job I think it's a it's a process Hopefully knowing that they're around you will lessen the feeling of guilt around being happy and joyful. And I think that that's the, that's the feeling that they most want to give you is the sense of you're, you're allowed to be happy. They want you to be happy. Yeah. They're going to be a part of all these exciting new things to come. But I would say it has nothing to do with past life. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't even like know where to begin with that. Like, <laughs> I think you're just you're human and you're moving through it, and they definitely want to support you in it. Okay, but you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank them. <laughs> Hey, Shannon. I'm Elizabeth, the producer of Moving Beyond, the podcast, and I just wanted to take a moment to check in with you directly after your reading with Fleur to see how the experience was for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a really amazing reading. Yeah. And it was amazing. I have the pleasure of knowing the whole story. Yeah. And having listened to your session with That's Claire. That's right. Yes. And then being able to listen to your session with Fleur uh, blew my mind. Me too. What was the most, like, significant thing that came up for you? Um, I think just knowing, like, just being able to speak to, like, number of children and and timing and knowing that there was brothers here and brothers there and young and um, names, that mm-hmm. blows my mind, um, and, and just uh, – attitudes too, like talking yeah. to my dad and speaking on, you know, his big personality because yeah. he's a big Italian man. And yeah. that's so much more accurate than she probably even knows. In sense of like in terms of when we spoke, you said you really wanted mechanisms to kind of cope with the grief and yeah. the passing. Yeah. Do you feel like these sessions with Claire and the reading with Fleur have sort of given you a little bit of that? Yeah, I do. I feel like just um, she said some things like maybe just write a letter or it's okay to just have those thoughts. And um, I think sometimes you're, you know, and even husbands have the best of intentions, right? And, you know, but he's so worried about me that he's like, well, you should be okay. You should be happy. You should be doing these things. And I'm like, well, but I am like, but you have to let me be it in my way. 
you know? And so hearing that from Claire was, she was very like, you know, no, that's okay. Like you're doing good. Like you're doing it your way. So, and then even Fleur kind of restating that, but also Mm -hmm. from above, like them saying it too, like, no, you are doing okay. I think you actually are moving forward. So kind of just validating that I thought I was in my head, but sometimes, you know, yeah, the outside world can make you feel like you're not. Of course. Yeah. I was super touched with the fact that they knew that you're trying to have a baby. Oh my gosh, that thank you for saying that. That was like and then and then she even said IVF before yeah. me even saying anything and mm-hmm. saying that it was one time and that we were crazy because that that's 100% a accurate. Mm-hmm. And what a special thing to know that all of them on the other side are working as hard as they yeah. can because I need the help to and bring that the to you. emotional all of that, it kind of like, and honestly, that's what I think I was really hoping for out of this is like just some type of renewed hope because it's it's been kind of lost, you know? Yeah. I know you have a lot of anger uh, towards your mom. Yeah. Did you feel like you got a little bit of that resolve? Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, it's, she was pretty spot on with her too yeah. because like I feel like for some reason still, even on the other side, my mom struggles to just be like, I messed up, you know, and I think, but I think hearing it, I'm just kind of, and then after talking to Claire too, I'm just like, you know what, but that's just her. Yeah. And, you know, like I have, I have my own regrets. I wish that our last conversation had gone better and all these things, but like, you know, it's just our story, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And something that was maybe an annoyance to you in life, with like the spoons and the china and that she had so much stuff. Yeah. That it brings her such joy to know that like you have it. Yeah. And that's actually another one that was like what triggered me was like the spoons. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Like (laughs) there's a bag of these spoons that like I'm not going to like, they're like spoons from like different states and things like that. (laughs) Like collector, it's crazy that she knew that. Yes, that's exciting. Yeah. Excellent. And I loved that she saw the mountainous with your brother and yes. like he was doing the um, firefighting. In yeah, the he was in the – yeah, he w- had just started um, the the more aggressive part of the fire training. Right. And so where he was was exactly what she said. And when she said that he just felt like he could go anywhere and do anything, I yeah. mean, I talked to him the night before he passed, probably less than 12 hours before he passed. Yeah. And – it was like all those things that she said was what he was telling me. Like he was so happy and he was talking about what he was going to do when he came home and that he was going to come home and how, you know, he was the littlest things. He was like, they have a cat here and he loved cats. And, <laughs> and, and so like she had all of that. It was like spot on, yeah. you know? And, and then even where she said that he felt out of breath and, you know, yeah. from what we can gather just based on the accounts from the people who were with him, that's kind of exactly how it happened. And he was actually at the top of the hill wow. when it happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just such a, a lot of grief to handle in such a small amount yeah. of yeah. time. And I do want to reiterate what Claire and Fleur both said is that you are doing an amazing job. Thank you. And it's a process. Yeah. And you're human. Just yeah. like they're, I mean, they're still processing on yeah. the other side. So yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing out of both of these is just being able to remind myself that, like, that it is a process. I am doing it in my way, which is okay. Yeah. You know, and that I just have to keep going with that, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this. And I really hope that it assists in you moving beyond. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity. 
Hey, Claire, how's it going? Hey, good. I'm really curious to hear how your session with Shannon went. Yeah, it was an interesting session for me. She came in really anxious and really nervous. And I believe we made some really good connections. I think she really felt that she connected with all three of her family members that she wanted to. What was interesting for me and something I would love to connect with you about as as a grief therapist is that moment in which we work with clients where they're still in a state of shock, they're still in a state of grappling if they're moving forward in the right way, they're still kind of bargaining as to why it had to happen and if there's any answer to the why. I think there's two things there. I think that, um, I think the first is that grief is a lot longer than people realize. I think that a lot of people expect grief to last like six months. You know, they're going to grieve and then they're going to be moving forward into their life. And really grief unfolds over years. And the first six months, the first year is a lot of shock of your brain just trying to make sense of it. And in her case in particular, going through so much loss all at once, it's just a bombardment to the soul and the psyche. And I think that our brain is like a Rubik's cube. We're trying to figure it out, move those pieces around over and over and over, trying to get it to line up before we can even get to the feeling part of it. I know even for me personally, when my mom died when I was 18, I didn't even cry for a year. There was a whole year where I was just trying to cognitively understand that my mom wasn't there anymore. Why, how, you know, what led up to it. And then after about a year, I was able to start really grieving. And that was when the big emotions came. And I think in her case, you know, she's not touching into that um, yet. Maybe it's the time frame. And then part of it, it's that grief is so hard. And I think yeah. that we as humans come up with anything and everything to not feel those feelings, you know? So we can distract ourselves with asking questions or we can distract ourselves with guilt or we can distract ourselves with anger. Um, and that will always for a period of time prevent us from really touching into the deep feelings. And so yeah. I think it's a combination of those things for her. I, I agree. I loved what you offered in terms of her setting some time aside to create that space for herself. And I think it seems so small, but it actually is really big. And I think, like you said, grief can be so overwhelming in the body that just doing it in small little bits, although we don't from the outside think that we're making huge progress, does help to release some of it or at least bring it up to the surface. Yeah, I agree. I think that people hit walls eventually with that kind of approach, you know, well, they will distract themselves with a lot of stuff. And then eventually they will just keep hitting a wall where they're looking for something to feel and they'll realize they finally need to just sit down and be still and let it all wash yeah. over them. Um, but yeah. sometimes it takes hitting walls to get there. Right. I mean, we, we all get there eventually, but it, it is all in a different, different timeline. Yeah. One of the things I thought was most interesting, just reflecting back on the reading and listening back to it was you know, I don't often choose to start a reading with a meditation for that other person. I'll start a meditation for myself just to quiet myself, but I only ever lead the other person into a meditation if they feel very out of body to me, where they're coming into the session and they're just so in their brain that I feel that unless I get them a little settled into the feeling part that we really can't hold the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was an interesting thing just to reflect back on your session and listening back to your session after mine and then listening back to mine and thinking, wow, okay, I really do see how she came in 
with that mental grappling. And my hope for her would be that she's just really kind to herself and setting aside some time to get embodied and to feel it. And even if that's just for short little, little bits. Yeah. I think it's something that, you know, we all need to practice in general more often is just making time to feel whatever we're feeling, whether it's our day-to-day lives and the stress that goes on or the current climate of the world or grief that we're going through. Sometimes, you know, we don't realize how much we need to just sit still for a moment and let ourselves feel. I can't agree more. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. We will be back and doing another one next week. Can't wait. Bye. Moving Beyond is an original production produced by Elizabeth Mihelich and Fleurless Inc. You can find Claire Bidwell-Smith on her website at www.clairebidwellsmith.com, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-I-D-W-E-L-L-S-M-I-T-H.com, and Fleur at mediumfleur.com, M-E-D-I-U-M. F-L-E-U-R dot com. If you're interested in being on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send us an email to podcasts at mediumfleur.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R dot com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.